this episode of the GraphCast, we discuss the legendary career of Dave Prowse. Hey everyone, we're joined this week in this episode by Steve Grad. Long time no see, Steve. How are you? I'm alive, Tom. That's You're alive, dude. It. I haven't. I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a long time. What the hell have you been up to? I've been really busy. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. I never, I never expected COVID to be like this. I thought it would be a big shutdown and everything would slow down. And it was that way for at least the authentication business, kind of the first month. And then all of a sudden things just went absolutely crazy when they kind of figured out how to do things and signings and authentication and people had extra money to spend and they were at home more business went absolutely crazy. We exceeded expectations. We're almost at the end of the year. And uh, obviously this is the best year the company's had, but uh, for authentication, it's been just absolutely crazy. And we figured out that, the crazy thing is, Tom, we don't have to go to all these shows and do all this travel, right. and, and we, we could do things remotely and make it work. So that's been the good thing. We're doing that. And, uh, you know, it would be nice when you could travel again a little bit and get to go places. I look forward to getting back to England. But um, things are good, man. I keep an eye on everything. I know I've been kind of down low key. i got a bunch of stuff going on. Arizona's good. It's nice and cool now. So I know. Good. Well, you know, and we'll touch on this briefly, you know, before we talk about Dave. Um one of the things that we were really touching base about early on in COVID was what's the hobby going to do? What are the prospects? And of course, the hobbies exploded across the board. Mike Trout card selling for $3.4 million. Everybody's. And so what we really saw is an appetite for more signings to get done because people didn't want to stop collecting. So the industry kind of evolved and kind of adapted to what was going on. Um, and like you said, you're busier than ever. Isn't it, isn't it great that we still found a way to collect and, you know, be able to do the things we love, even though we can't see each other. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and the explosion of star Wars autograph universe. And I think this is something years ago, Andy always talked about and discussed when he talked about the big future out there and stuff. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever, you know, I'm just right. like, relax, slow your roll. And then, you know, it, it, you know, it started with the signings and more signings and exclusives. And, and then before I know it, Andy's submitting uh, 800 cards for encapsulation as he runs the specials for Beckett. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And then Andy tells me the other day, you know, he's going to be taking cards now for grading and all this stuff. I'm like, OK, so Andy, Andy has done like plan these things one by one and they keep growing and growing. So I think things are great. Um, obviously. Uh, we're in a world of Star Wars where even though the movies haven't, you know, particularly rung well with some fan base, I think stuff like The Mandalorian and the stuff that's coming out from Star Wars are really saving that fan base and re-energizing the fan base, too. And it's been absolutely fantastic. I, 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 I will be honest with you. I never saw it coming like this. But my God, in the last year, it has been insane for collecting. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And of course, you know, uh, it's a fun time to be a collector, maybe not a fun time for your pocketbook, because everything's super <laughs> expensive now. Uh, everything's kind of shot through the through the roof. It does. But let's let's uh, segue a little bit. Let's talk about Dave Prowse. And of course, I've got some sure. pictures of your collection. Of course, Dave's been around forever um, on the circuit, the men behind the mask stuff. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, your interactions with uh, with Mr. Prowse. You're an old old school collector. I am, you know, the first time, and I do have a photo up there. I think there's one, I got one with me wearing a jacket or something in a hallway. You and were a dork. It, yeah, sorry. But this that was 1995. <laughs> there you are. And not, yeah, the bottom one right there. So that's 95. The top one's 98. But 95 is the first time. That's the first time I met Dave. 
And that was at WCRX Chicago, I believe, 103.5 maybe. It, it was back in the days when I was on a show called Man Cow's Morning Madhouse. Of and course. Dave was in Chicago. This is before Men Behind the Mask, by, by the way. Dave was in Chicago, like a Hollywood-type collector show. It wasn't called the Hollywood show then. And right. he was in town, and he was coming into promo at, and I knew it ahead of time. And the place where I could get photos that were nice, and I think it was two shots – Parker's Movie Market, which Pete knows about, and some old-time collectors, and they used to have nice shots, and they had two different shots of Prowse that I ordered, I remember, and I think I he signed eight or ten for me that day, and we talked, and he was very nice, and and I had asked him, I said that day, I said, hey, where's Peter Mayhew at? Because Peter hadn't done anything up to that time, and he goes, oh, Peter's doing his first show, I think it was in Tennessee or something. Wow. And he said, uh, he said, I'm going to see him. I said, well, can you, you know, is it all right? Can you get a few things signed? He said, sure. So he took two things for me and got them signed and sent them back to me. And then this was a subsequent later visit, I think, at Wizard Con in Chicago, which is about 98. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I sort of struck up a friendship with Dave through the years. And I'll be honest with you, Dave had given me and two of my friends in Chicago because he liked us so much. He gave us an exclusive price pretty much that we had locked in. All these years. So anytime he was at a celebration, anytime he was at a show, we would just go see him in his hotel or go to his house and he would sign at the price he gave us. So he was great. about Even at a show once in a while, he would do it and the promoters would flip out and he said, no, no, I'm good to my word. Now, obviously, in the later years, we know this from Paul Dunn's signings and Paul had done so many signings with Dave towards the end. He just sort of to fade away and there wasn't much there um, anymore, you know, unfortunately. And, um, you know, he kind of faded away and, you know, he had Alzheimer's and, you know, he had memory problems and he didn't know his wife's name and he had all kinds of issues. But I'll tell you, the early years were a lot of fun. Um, And that was the first time I'd met Dave was back in 95 and subsequently had seen him at so many shows through the years. And obviously, you know, I have so many pieces signed by him. He's a guy I actually put a lot of stock into um, because he still is Darth Vader. It's not the voice, but he still is Darth Vader. And I really, really put a lot of stock into his signature you know tom as a collector you could get literally any vader thing signed by him possible so it was almost like endless absolutely yeah i mean and he is you know quintessentially he did sign it kind of roughly is darth vader you know that was the joke i think either you or somebody has one where where george (laughs) lucas had signed a piece right or and then he said uh, under james Earl jones wrote is darth vader is kind of darth vader yeah we'll we'll talk we'll get into the the drama anthony ferrara has that or pete chuker one of those one of the old school guys And there's also another piece of – there's a shot from Star Wars filming where it's like the two of them, Kim and Guinness, offset together. Oh, yeah. Guinness wrote something too like Pompous or Pete knows that one too. I think Pete had that or has it, and it's a neat piece. But you could see I always enjoy getting them on the different pieces – these are from my collection. The the card to the right, uh, the the long view one. Uh, I can't think of the wide name. Vision. Wide vision. That's it. That's a later in life signature. And obviously, his autograph changed a little. It, the shading changed, which I thought was interesting because he started holding the pen. I think a little different as the older he got. And that's an example, that you know, of his signature as you could see there. That's probably signed. I would say probably in the last two years. And that's a newer bullet too. It looks like too. Yeah, or and that's a newer bullet too. Yeah, and I and I started the wide visions late, but Paul had done that. Might be from his last signing, to be honest with you. I think it really is from one yeah. of his last signings he ever did. And you could see his autograph had changed considerably. Obviously, excuse me, we know Jeremy's autograph has gone downhill because, you know, as his conditions decline with dementia. But, you know, it's just kind of sad to see him go. And it's really sad, Tom, when you look at it. I mean, he had suffered from Alzheimer's, but then 
you know, he dies of COVID. And those are actually two of my favorite pieces you have up there. I, and Dave Oldberry, my good friend in England, a lot of people's good friend, Dave had that shot. I'm like, God, I need that. I've never Absolutely. seen it. I bought one from Dunn uh, yeah, on a site not that long ago. Oh, that shot. And then the next one, it, the scan didn't come out great. It's like on a bluer album page. And originally it had a gorgeous Sebastian Shaw, which I paid a lot of money for years ago. And I said, you know what? I'm going to add all of them. So uh, in 2010, it was November 2010, I think, London Film and Comic Con in England. I added Bob Anderson. He had a little trouble with the pen when it started. And then that Sunday night, I went over to Dave's house and said, Dave, can you write something cool under there? And he goes, hmm, what would I write? And I'm like, how about we're all Darth Vader? And that's what he ended up writing on there, which I think is neat. Now, I tried to get James Earl Jones on that. It was close. He had a pen in his hand. He just wouldn't do it. So that would obviously be the one I would want on there. But I think that's a pretty cool piece. And, you know, the thing that I will tell you this much is I do think I put him on two or three pieces that I had Shaw. Not many. I don't think many collectors did it at all. And Pete mentioned it to me a few years ago. Well, not very many people have Shaw, Steve. I mean, come on. (laughs) I do have a friend that did. He probably put Prowse on four or five, maybe six pieces that had Shaw on it, just like either cuts or other type things sure. that added Prowse to it. So I always thought that was a neat combo to do. Yeah, I agree. And, and you nailed it. I mean, you know, I saw and I'll sh- I might show it later. I'll dig it out. But I mean, you had the ability. Dave was such a regular. Uh, Dave came to Houston like four or five times within the last decade. So every time I'd go and I'd get something fine, of course, sometimes he'd be grumpy. And obviously if you read up on him, he was, he went through a lot. He had a lot, you know, he's a former bodybuilder and athlete. So over time, the damage done to your joints and all that stuff, he dealt with some replacements, um, things of that nature. But I mean, I had a, I had a sketch covered on a Darth Vader number one done by Howard Chaikin and then walked over to Dave and go, Hey, sign it. And then got a signature series, you know, slab because why not? He's Darth Vader. He can literally go on anything that's Darth Vader. Um, you know, let's talk about it a little bit, Steve. I know you've had a lot of interactions with them and, you know, we'll talk about it in our next segment with the other guys as well, but I want to get your take Dave, you know, especially within the last decade, let's say had a reputation for maybe being a little grumpy, um, at times, um, talk, talk a little bit about, um, your interactions with Dave and, you know, maybe in a quieter setting, was he a little more jovial? Quieter setting. He was more jovial, but Dave always, it was really interesting. Like I I could remember years ago, we did San Diego comic-con and I had gone during the week to the comic-con and Dave said, I'll see you Sunday. We'll do this Sunday after the show in the hotel room. And we did, we went back to his hotel room room and he was usually in an okay mood but he was always in that signing mode it's it's weird to explain like he was always ready to do a signing at the drop of a dime like celebration too yes he's there signing see him in the hotel hey dave can we do some stuff in the room of course we can you know he always wanted he loved having that money to be honest with you and i I was in a bad way but man i will tell you tom he liked having that extra cash always and uh that's just always how he was and i will say i want to say it was about 2006 16, I want to say, maybe summer 2016, London Film and Comic Con. Dave was there for a few days, and I just remember he was in such a poor mood. And I think you know the the conditions were, you know, his condition was starting to change, at, you know, then obviously. And I said something to him like, uh, "Hey, Dave, I really appreciate you doing all the cards for Dave Oldberry," and he flipped out on me. And I don't know why. And the cards were mine because my friend Dave Oldberry set up a deal with him, Paul Dunn, and they went and did a signing over two or three days at Dave's house. And it was all my cards and it was a huge deal and photos. And Dave, I said, Dave, I said, I said, listen, I appreciate it. I've known you for years. And he looks up and he goes, I'm very sorry. He's like, I've just been in a bad mood lately. It's nice to see you. And he was fine then. 
and he just get he he just got in these weird moods where he was grumpy. We've seen Peter Mayhew do it too, where yeah. you know a lot of collectors like you know us or others say, oh, we had a great experience with Peter. He was great, but most people, let's be honest, didn't have great experiences with him. I think Peter tried his best. I think he had terrible arthritis. His hands were you know always you know Peter's hands were always like you know mangled. Yeah. And I think Peter was suffering a great deal just for being such a huge guy and a tall guy and obviously Tom the joints and all that mm-hmm. stuff and internal problems. But Dave, I think, just he had some moments of bitterness, but he also had some pretty good moments, too. You know, being in his home, uh, spending some time in his house was very nice. I, I remember the night, I think it was back in 2010, and I, I remember it was maybe back in the earlier days of Wi-Fi. He didn't have Wi-Fi at his house, but like a neighbor of his did. And I was able to borrow it so I could watch the Bears play. <laughs> I think they were playing the Eagles like in a late game in Chicago. So I watched it, did the signing with my friends with them. We were probably there for four or five hours. I remember his wife came down, said hello to us, and then went back upstairs and left us alone with him. And I, I think he liked that. You know, he liked the signings. And in the later years, obviously, things deteriorated. And obviously, his relationship with Lucasfilm, I think that's always going to be a sore point. And I think that's something that stinks for the fan base because I believe his last celebration was Los Angeles, mm-hmm. 2007, I think. Yep. Celebration five, and that was it. And after that, he did something to badmouth them, and they said, "We're done with Dave Prowse officially, 100%. No longer welcome at any events." I know he did uh, one of the uh, Disney days down in uh, uh, Disney in Florida, and you know things changed, and it really stunk. But Dave did a lot of that to himself. He had a big ego. Um, he felt that he was always right about everything. But at the end of the day, you know, if you didn't get a chance to meet him, I'm sorry. I think longevity-wise, his autograph's always going to be popular. You're always going to be able to find it. You're always going to be able to go on eBay or Amazon or uh, online, Tom, and find a signature. It's not like it's going to run out anytime soon. And I think, you know, uh, Pete is the guy to ask because Pete did a, a, a great blog, which which was reposted just recently up on uh, the Twitter page for Star Wars Autograph Universe, and Pete talked about the available, you know, the quantities right. of these actors. And Dave's is pretty high because Dave spent, let's say, 25, 30 years yep. signing his name. Signing so a bunch, yeah. It's signed for Tops and all sorts of different companies. So long-term outlook. I mean, he is Darth Vader. And, of course, you know, Steve, we're to the point now to where we've lost Kenny, we've lost Carrie, we've lost Peter, we've lost Dave Prowse. Just a handful of the kind of the original core, you know, actors. Jeremy's, you know, also retired. So we're really passing, and we've been there, but, you know, especially during this time, you know, we're moving on into the next generation of the fan-friendly signers, like we talked about last week, you know, Ashley Eckstein and, and others. Um, what's what's the, what's your, uh, you know, if, if somebody's out there that's missing Dave Prowse, I mean, do you really feel like, uh, you know, now is as good a time as any to, to add a signature. I mean, did we see a post-mortem spike like we had with everybody else, or did they stay kind of steady? I think, I think we did, actually. I, saw, I, I went and followed it for a little while, and I was noticing stuff going for, you know, a little higher than it should. I think everything's kind of coming, you know, as I say, coming back down to earth now. Yeah. And I think you could find... 8 by 10s around 90 to $100, 11 by 14s 125 150 16x20s probably 175 I think the shots, the iconic shots, the sure. ones that people want, obviously from what I did years ago, because I had to, because I, I ordered in quantity from official picks, I ordered one shot from each movie, iconic shot from Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. I ordered 50 of each 11 by 14 
and I just got most of them signed. I sold some to friends, but because he had to get a better price back in the day to get those shots. And I remember eventually through the years, I would eventually get Dave to sign them. And I put them away. I still have a bunch of them done. But I think those iconic shots, you know, the first time that Vader comes in on the Tanev, you know, that's the shot that stars Vader. Holy crap. You know, that menacing music, you know, the stormtroopers around him. Uh, obviously, you know, reaching his hand out to Luke is ESP, such an yeah. iconic shot. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if I'd want anything else signed than that. So I did iconic shots. I think those things will always be popular. You're always going to be able to find a common shot of Darth Vader signed, Tom. I mean, they're out there, and they're they're going to be easy to find. I don't think there's ever going to be a problem with it. Long-term outlook for his autograph, I'd say he'll be worth more than Peter Mayhew and Kenny Baker, but not much. I'd say that in the next 10 years, his autograph's probably not going to go up much. Maybe on rare items, maybe a, a lightsaber or the helmets or things that were harder to get. And obviously, I'll tell you the one thing that I've seen are cards. The yeah. cards actually carry pretty good value because not a lot of people were actually getting them done. Yeah. So I do have a lot of cards signed. I put those away. I think those are neat. The more people work on the card sets, the older sets, and want the people, the characters signed, I think those are going to become more desirable. And obviously the combo shots with Luke and fighting Luke and all that. The funny thing is, is if you know your Star Wars, if you're a purist. Right. He's not even in most of those shots. So yeah, exactly. It's, I know. It's the well, but regardless, he will always be Darth Vader. Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. Okay, uh, Steve, before we get to our next segment, uh, what do you want the members of SWAU to know? What's going on with Steve Grad? I mean, are you making appearances nowadays? What's going on? That's a good That's a good question. I think COVID's kind of knocked all that out. Uh, I'm done to the end of the year. I probably have some stuff coming up in January. I just don't know yet. I got a lot of things in flux, you know, got a lot of things going on. I'm still working all the time. I'm still part of Star Wars Autograph Universal, though. I've just kind of been in the background a little bit, but um, I'm still very actively involved in stuff. And, you know, we're working on stuff, working on new things. Obviously, Andy asked my advice a lot. I do speak with Andrew Luck a lot. And uh, I would just say expect great things in 2021 when we could go out and see civilization again unfortunately bill gates says it won't be until 2000 so it yeah. seems like this year everyone has to listen to what bill gates says like he's jesus but uh, he's the expert <laughs> apparently yeah. i don't know but um, apparently he is because he's got billions of dollars but honestly i can't i can't wait for for the end of the mandalorian i can't wait for the new stuff star wars is promoting and bringing out there and uh i pull back my collecting significantly a matter of fact i really don't collect anymore um i'm just kind of on the sidelines right now but uh hopefully resume back in 2021 and get some cool things going and and i love being a part of the graph cast and the community and uh you know i hope everybody has a good new year and just watches out don't buy fake stuff so come don't here buy, first don't pay. don't buy out. fake don't stuff buy bad stuff you know especially fake date pros because guess what they're out there believe it or not yeah but yeah. they are it's like saying, is there a fake Bob Feller out there? Bob Feller <laughs> literally spent every day of his life signing autographs. Every day. Did shows and was $2 and whatever. There's fake Bob Feller. So just be careful. There's fake Dave Prost too. Yeah. So. Be careful. Great advice Words from Steve. Wisdom, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us on this segment. It was awesome to catch up again. I'm sure I'll see you in the next couple of months out uh, at a signing somewhere out on the West Coast. And um, as always, Steve, don't be, afraid, uh, don't be afraid to drop by and don't be a stranger. Okay, bud? All right, buddy. Thanks, Tom. All right, bye. Thanks so much to Steve for joining us. It's been a long time since we've seen Steve to give us kind of the insights on the authentication side. Believe it or not, there are actually some fake Dave Prowse autographs out there, despite how much he signed over the years. So we hope to, uh, you know, uh, visit with Steve here in the coming weeks as the schedule kind of clears up a little bit. But I want to bring on a special guest this week, Brian Como. How are you, Brian? 
I'm doing well. Yeah, you know, for, you're on. I know. I think I feel like you've been here before. I know you've done watch-alongs with some of the, the prequel stuff, but, you know, we kind of refer to you as, as Bindu Jr. or Pete Jr. because you're both kind of grumpy and you both are really interested in autographs and signing habits and stuff like that. So I thought you'd be a great uh, person to bring on the show uh, this week to kind of talk about Dave Prowse, right? Yeah, I'm honored. Yeah, Thank you so much. yeah. Have you? Have you? Uh, we'll get into it. I'm sure you've had plenty of interactions with with Dave over the year, years. And then Chuka, how are you, my friend? I'm honored to be here as well. Yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, there's a behind the scenes story. Maybe, maybe I'll I'll share that later about how excited Pete was to come do the award winning graph cast. Um, okay, let's kind of get into it. Let's talk a little bit about Dave. Of course, we lost Dave uh, a few. Uh, weeks ago, the man known inside of the suit primarily um, as Darth Vader. Um, I want to talk a little bit about his life and career. Um, guys, doing some deep dive research, did you know, and I know Chuka did already, Green Crossing Man. Are you guys up to date on Green Crossing Man? I guess it's a thing the over in the green UK. Green Code Cross Man. The Green... No, the Green Cross Code Man. Oh my gosh. That's I just, what I'm here for. I've got, I've got the real guys on here. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I get was this an advert? Um, you know, he was a, a bodybuilder, but when I was doing some research, like this thing was a big deal. I guess kind of like a, a Smokey the Bear sort of vibe, where it's like you know, um, just kind of like a safety warning thing, right? He Absolutely. traveled schools across Great Britain, visiting the entire school year. He was in school classrooms teaching kids about the safe way to cross roads. So apparently, you know, tens of thousands of kids were saved from being run down in the streets. <laughs> the crazy by, street by, by Dave Prowse. Yeah. Um, the first actual filming I stuff actually, it happened during when he was filming Star Wars. They don't go for a week and actually do the original promotional filming for Green Cross Codeman. Oh, wow. So he was in the middle of doing Star Wars yes. uh, whenever he went back to do some of this stuff. Well, that's cool. Um, you know, so this was kind of Dave's first, I guess not necessarily his first big taste. I mean, of course, we knew Dave from um, Clockwork um, Orange, right? The standard Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick film, easy for me to say. Um, this is actually a signed photo uh, from that. And this is kind of, you know, when you mentioned Dave's filmography, kind of like the movies that he's made, like everything, of course, is Star Wars, but this seems to be the second most popular thing that he did um, is kind of this cameo role in Clockwork. Um you know, talk about it a little bit. Now, Now, have you seen Clockwork, Brian? Uh, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I haven't seen it either. All right, Chuka, I know that you have. Um, and yes, it's apparently a, a great he was, film. George Lucas saw him and knew of him because of Clockwork Orange and pretty much hired Dave without ever even meeting him. He knew he wanted him. That was... You know, he was good enough for Stanley Kubrick. He was good enough for George. And George just said yes. Offered him two different roles to choose from in Star Wars. But Dave's career was pretty filled with Hammer horror movies and things like that, even before Clockwork Orange. Well, Doctor Who, um, I'm kind of going through some of the stuff he did. I guess he was on the Benny Hill uh, show a couple times. He was, yep. Um, doing a couple couple things. So Dave had been around for a little bit, but before all that, um, Dave is a, a three-time championship bodybuilder. Um, 
so Dave absolutely fits the role, you know, in the stature. He's six foot five, um, was pretty well built, so he was able to kind of fit that hulking physical presence uh, on the screen and then found himself cast as, you know, Darth Vader. Chuka, you want to tell the story that you would probably be best, or Brian, you can't do the story where, you know, he claims to have had the choice between Chewbacca and Darth Vader, um, and then ultimately siding on Darth Vader. Which one of you guys want to run point on that? All, all, all yours, Brian. <laughs> oh, well, I beat you to it. Go for it. He brought Dave into the casting office and showed him some of the Macquarie paintings, gave him an idea of what the movie was about, and told him there were two parts available. One was the, the Wookiee, Chewbacca, and he's like a, a giant uh, ape slash man's best friend kind of thing, who's one of the good guys. And Dave said, and the other? And George's response was, well, he's the big bad in the film. And Dave said, I'll take that one. And his thinking behind it was, you know, all of the greatest films, it's always the big bad guy that's best remembered. And that's the role Dave wanted. And that's what he took. Yeah, so the role of Darth Vader went to Dave um, and, of course, went about filming. Now, I want to talk to you guys about this because you guys would probably, you know, Dave was really upset when he saw the film because he read all the lines, A New Hope, of course, you're talking about, and then he found out he was dubbed over. It wasn't his voice in the final the final version of the film, and he was pretty upset about that. Now, I wanted to ask, and Brian, you might know, Pete, like, how common, common would it have been for an actor to assume that somebody else was going to be voicing over a role. The reason I asked that is we just spent some time with uh, one of our clients, Tate Fletcher out in Los Angeles doing a signing. And we were talking about his role as Paz Vizsla on the role. And he said, you know, I could tell, they didn't tell me, but I could tell pretty early on that it was going to be a voiceover role. Like, was that common in the seventies that stuff like that would, would go on? I'm not, I don't know. Pete, Brian, I think most of the film shot, in Great Britain for the tax breaks, many of the actors were dubbed here in the U.S. with American accents. Even and the for leads, that, though? Well, the leads were normally somebody who would come in and do the, the if you want to call it Dolby or the voice yeah. capturing and the, the redubbing and all that stuff. The leads of anything who are hired as a lead were hired for their presence, their voice, their ability as actors. Any other minor roles, minor actors, you know, people that had background roles, they're not going to fly these actors over to the U.S. to do the redubbing of lines. And especially anybody who's buried in a, a helmet whose every line is muffled right on the set. There's no way they're capturing any of that dialogue on set. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. He was pretty salty about it. And of course, you know, took it took about over the years signing his name as, you know, Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. Um, obviously a sore sticking point uh, for Dave. And then, you know, he went on and remade the rest of the franchise. But that wasn't the, you know, Dave wasn't the only person. Of course, he did all of his own sword fighting, uh, sword fighting, but, you know, lightsaber battles with Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, and then we moved on to Empire Strikes Back, Bob Anderson, who was choreographing, you know, filled in the role. And I believe Pete or Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, um, 
Dave tried to do the sword fighting, and then Anderson had to step in. Is that correct? Dave was a very heavy-handed sword fighter. They can only afford so <laughs> many bent sabers. Yeah, that's what I remember reading. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was you know going to be Bob Anderson from the get-go. Um, and then Dave created the original trilogy, you know, finished filming the original trilogy franchise and, you know, kind of, I guess, want to say disappear, right? I mean, I don't think he really did anything else notable after Star Wars at all. Check in the IMDb, um, just a couple appearances oh, here and there. He, he was, you know, he had a gym and he was a trainer for, you know, Christopher Reeve for Superman. I mean, he did other work during the filming of the trilogy between films and after the films, and he continued with the Green Cross Code Man. I believe that's the correct correct string. <laughs> he continued with that for almost two decades. So, I mean, when school years were, were open, he was in the classroom just about every day that school was in session for, I want to say it was like 16 or 17 years he did that. I mean, he was knighted for that, not for his portrayal of Darth Vader. He was, he was, you know, I don't know, I won't say knighted, but he was given an order of the British Empire, 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 because of his duty and his his giving and his safety classes for kids. Yeah, no, I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I just assumed. I, to, I mean, uh, Brian, you knew that, right? You knew he was knighted for Green Cross Man. Yeah, you did. Oh, Dave man. actually, Dave said that the child deaths rate dropped like by half once his whatever Green Cross Code Man got out there. So that's pretty impressive if those numbers are true. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that if those numbers are true because Dave also claimed um, at some point he was up for the role that Richard Keel portrayed in the Roger Moore Bond film of Jaws. He yeah. also said that he was going to be playing. Conan the Barbarian. Okay, now let's parse these out. I say there's zero chance he was going to play Conan the Barbarian. Absolutely none. Although maybe. Um, but I can see him as Jaws, though. Like, I see that as a thing that, that might have happened. Either of you guys have any more insight on that? It would have been interesting to see him and James Earl Jones. <laughs> really good point. I think he could have been Jaws, though. I mean, you know, Richard oh, Keel's not some, you know, big superstar. But, I mean, I think, like, you know, the Conan was always going to be, you know, the governor uh, 100% of the time. So, um, Well, the governor wasn't the governor when they were course, first thinking but... about making Conan movies. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. That's true, but I mean, he already had some renown as a world famous bodybuilder. I mean, and you're right. I guess I need, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's been super duper star since I've been alive, and even longer for Brian, who's like 15 years younger than me. Um, he's been, you know, a superstar forever, and um, you know, just interesting to hear, you know, Dave talk about some of these other things that he was up for. And then, you know, Pete, we've talked about this a lot, and Brian, I'll toss it over to you. Um, I've got an image of the men behind the masks signed up. Um, you know, kind of the tour that these guys did. I mean, Dave is Dave, along with with Peter and Kenny and Jeremy um, and Warwick, were kind of the the OGs of the convention scene for Star Wars. Absolutely, this was what, when I was born. This was happening. Nineteen ninety. <laughs> oh, all all the uh, really iconic characters of Star Wars. They would just travel across the United States and set up the camp. world. I know, yeah, yeah, the world. Truly, yeah. I know Pete went to a few of them and. Um, it was just amazing that at that time we had 
many people that we've now since lost all in one little convention all around the place. It's great. Yeah. And, you know, these guys were, were um, signing for reasonable rates. They, 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 they would charge you, most of the guys would charge you $5 or 10 if you wanted their photo. Dave was 10 plus 5 if you wanted his photo. But you could get these guys literally in a row. They would be sitting at convention tables, four or five across, and you'd go from table to table to table. There weren't lines. There weren't, you know, crowds. There weren't conventions like Celebration where you waited outside for three hours to get into the building. I mean, you walked into the comic book convention, and there they were, sitting at the table. You walked up to whoever you wanted to hand money to. Yeah, and, you know, Dave was one of those original guys. And, of course, thinking about this, I mean, really, Jeremy's retired. Kenny, Peter, um, and Dave have passed on. And Warwick signs every now and then, does some some through-the-mail stuff. But, of course, you know, kind of Mr. Lucasfilm, you know, and he's going to be revisiting his role as Warwick. So, I mean, uh, as Willow, uh, upcoming on Disney+. Plus. So, um, going to be exciting uh, to see uh, Warwick for the next few years, but just kind of, you know, Sad to think about that we've lost a lot of these guys. Now, Dave has been, and, and we I want to dive into this with you guys, you know, being the Star Wars group. Dave has been on the convention circuit forever and had been until his recent uh, retirement. Um, talk about you guys' interactions with Dave a little bit. Um, I had Steve chat his up a tad before we came on, but, you know, you hear a lot of mixed bag about, um, you know, spending time with Dave at conventions. Not always positive, um, I guess I would say. Give, give me you guys' take. For me, I mean, um, let's see, he was probably out of the first batch of celebrities, maybe like the third person I actually met. Um, I think it was his last Star Wars Weekends appearance in Disney World. Um, and he was great. It was hot outside. So, you know, you, if you're spending hours outside in Disney World signing autographs, you're going to be a little grumpy. But as a kid at the time, he was very accommodating. He clearly liked the younger fans. And even as I grew up and met him along the way at different conventions, he was always accommodating and he was never rude or anything. He was, he was kind, he was quiet. And as I said, accommodating, he'd do quotes, character names, pen color, whatever you want. He was very nice. Yeah. Oh, interesting. What about you, Pete? Same thing. Yeah. Most of the times I had the ability to, to speak with him, talk with him, chat with him. He was always friendly. He was always willing to answer questions. He never had a problem with whatever you wanted signed. I mean, a lot of the guys had started, you know, oh, I don't sign index cards and stuff like that. I remember one time, I think it was probably one of the last times I met him. I had a handful of photos that I wanted him to finish, and I had some index cards. And I put the photos down. He signed the photos. And I said, would you mind signing some index cards? He said, why would I mind? Whatever you want literally took you know a pile of four or five index cards he's do you want is darth vader on them how about he said you're a fan of uh a clockwork orange and i said yeah he goes do you want one as julian his character name from clockwork i mean he, he was he was great the only times i ever saw him that he was not on his game friendly and chatting with the crowds is when he was about to go into hospital or had just gotten out of hospital. He had some serious health issues in the last 10 years of his convention goings. 
I mean, he was down for almost a year with an abscess in his spine. There was a point in time where he had most of his femur removed from his leg for an infection to clear. Had to lay there without the the main bone in his upper leg until the infection cleared and they could replace it. I mean, really crazy stuff that he dealt with health-wise in the last 10 years or so. And, I mean, there were people who weren't sure he was going to survive 10 years ago when this all started. But he always made the comeback. Yeah, and that's another thing, and I talked about it with Steve a little bit earlier, is that, you know, and Brian, when you're talking about these big guys – Dave's a big guy, and he's was a major bodybuilder and weightlifter. I'm nowhere near that, but I used to lift heavy weights when I was younger, and now I'm starting to have all sorts of joint issues, shoulder issues. I'm saying only imagine extrapolating that out as a big guy. I mean, that wear and tear takes a pounding on your body. So if you're sitting at a table all day or you're having an interaction or you're physically in tons of pain, like you're not always going to be a nice guy. And same thing was with Peter. You know, Peter... Peter's big guy, always physical issues, you know. I mean, time takes a toll on everybody. Father time's undefeated. And so if you're not feeling well, I'm sure, Brian, if you're not feeling well, we all know Pete when he's not feeling well. I mean, it's even worse. My point is if you are you don't feel good, you're not going to be a, in a good you know, signing mood that day, right? He was still pleasant, though. Absolutely. He never took it out on the crowd. He might be a little bit more quiet. You might be able to see that he was in pain, but unlike some other guests at shows, he never took it out on anybody. He was there. That was his livelihood. He loved his fans, and he wanted to sign autographs for them. And he never made anybody feel that they were bothering him. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, and I want to segue that into Brian and uh, Pete. Let's talk about, you know, we'll see a lot of the spikes whenever a celebrity passes, especially a Star Wars celebrity. You know, a lot of people who've been, I mean, even I, I mean, I think Dave came to Houston like four times in the last seven, eight years he was touring. So, I mean, I had plenty of opportunities to get Dave, send in signings, all that stuff. And our good friend Paul Dune would get them done over in the UK and did some of his last signings. You know, from a pricing standpoint, I don't know if you guys have been following it that much at all. Has, did we see a big spike with Dave following his passing at all and his autograph prices? I don't know that I'd say a big spike. No. I mean, we had our moratorium, you know, on our pages where people are selling autographs. And when they restarted again, I would say maybe a 10, 20% increase in prices that we saw some people requesting but a lot of that stuff hasn't sold so i i won't say a big jump in price with dave because in the grand reality dave signed for 20 plus years god knows how many shows a year as much as you know a thousand to two thousand signatures per show that adds up over time. There are a lot of Dave Prowse autographs out there. Brian, do the math real quick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably could, but that is a, are a lot of autographs. Uh, Brian, if, if somebody's actually missing a Dave Prowse autograph right now from their collections or say they're getting new, um, you know, is now a good time to buy or do they need to wait? I mean, basically it sounds like, you know, jump in if you see something you like. 
Yeah, uh, as Pete said, the jump wasn't that big. So if there's something you really want and you see it, granted, it's probably out there quite yeah, a bit yeah. because he was so common. Um, but it's Darth Vader. If you want it and it's at a price that you think is fine, go for it. Yeah, Pete, would you say the same thing? Absolutely. Yeah, so so Dave is out there, and we're we're more fortunate. I mean, not for. I mean, my point is, as autograph collectors, being able to add stuff. There's plenty of quality, and I think most people we like to chase the rare stuff. Oh my gosh, it's rare, and only so and so's got it. At the end of the day, most of us just want to buy autographs, and the cheaper they are, it's better, right? So you know, if we can go out and just put stuff to put in our our binders, or you know, in our, our portfolios, or throw up on the wall after we make a scan, right, Pete, um, and uh, have them up there. Uh, it's kind of what we're all after. Um, so, you know, let's talk about it long-term. Um, Dave Prowse autograph, super collectible, right? People like to say that he is arguably. I don't personally say it that way. I say he is the number one screen villain of all time. Darth Vader is that big, and Dave was a big part of that, and I think there will always be, as long as there are Star Wars fans on the planet, there will be people that want his autograph. Absolutely. Brian, you know, you and I are prequel fans, um, and we got to see the story of Darth Vader. And of course, we all did. Some of us liked it more than others, but we got to see Darth Vader come to life in Revenge of the Sith and kind of that transition. And then Darth Vader's going to be back in the Disney Plus show, the Obi-Wan show, um, what we were told recently. I mean, Vader's going to be around for a long time. And for new fans discovering him, Dave Prowse, is, he's a part of that, right? Absolutely. I would, um, if I had any, I guess, wise words, would say... Save up a bit more and find a combo with James O. Jones. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've already tried to. I mean, if there are any left that I haven't bought on eBay or you know, other guys have, I know Brian's been after him a long time. It's really an ensemble role. Um, you know, kind of like we're seeing now with Pedro Pascal and the, and the guys inside the suit, you know, Brendan and Latif and whoever else helps bring that character to life. Star Wars more than anything are, are ensemble creations. So when you talk about Darth Vader, who created Darth Vader? Well, it's the guy, you know, it's John Molo, it's BJ Muir, it's, you know, Ben Burt, you know, but then it's also, you know, Dave Prowse and Bob Anderson and Sebastian Shaw, uh, the guys that are actually uh, Darth Vader. So, I mean, yes, the more you can add to any piece, right? The more of them that you can get on any one item, the more fun they are, right? Absolutely. Yeah, of course, the more expensive they are, too. Okay. Uh, so, all right, guys. Well, that'll do it. Thanks so much to Brian and Pete for joining us on this episode of the GraphCast. Quick reminder, we're going to have our year-end show um, the weekend after Christmas. So, I hope everybody has a happy holiday season, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks to Pete, thanks to Brian, thanks to Steve uh, for joining me this week on the GraphCast and this opportunity to talk a little bit about the life and career of Dave Prowse. Before we get out of here uh, for this episode, quick reminder, we're going to have our year in review episode here uh, following Christmas, so don't want to miss that. It was a crazy year 2020. As we march towards 2021, let's hope it's a heck of a lot better. A couple of quick reminders. Head on over to SWAU.com. Uh, we still have a couple signings going on. We have our, of course, signing with Natalie Portman. It's still ongoing. Um, it is going to sell out. We're not quite ready to release numbers yet, but in terms of percentages, but uh, let you 
you know it's getting up there. Also, Hayden Christensen recently announced returning to his role as Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan show, uh, which will start filming soon. Uh, also, don't want you to forget about Ashley Eckstein, the original Ahsoka, and kind of the Disney princess, at least in my eyes, uh, Matt Lanter, Anakin, um, does an excellent job in the animated version of uh, Anakin Skywalker. And then also, don't forget, Marshall Cara Dune is also signing for SWAU, so we don't want you guys to miss out on that. Some time to still kind of head on over to SWU, check it out, and see what we have going on. So once again, thanks for everybody. Hope you're staying safe out there. Have a great holiday season, and we'll touch base soon on our Best of the Year episode.